Welcome, fiends, to Handle Whisker. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network discussing horror horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. With me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts, Holly Hooch and John. And guys, like, we're we're doubling up second recording of the night. How are you guys feeling? Good. Good. Warmed up. Good. Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're like five years yeah, in. Yeah, war- warmed up, so we're <laughs> definitely not going to be stumbling our way through this one. Nope. Uh, that doesn't nope. happen on this podcast <laughs> anytime. Uh, but anyways, I am your host, Humbly Drunk, and throughout the month, we've been highlighting clown movies for uh, Choreophobia Month. And, uh, you know... We're going to talk about a very interesting movie tonight, but before we do that, just a couple of general notes. Uh, If you guys are looking to uh, join the community for our watch parties, we host those every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. By the time this episode comes out, I'll be flying back from Vegas, so it'll probably be pushed back until 10 p.m. Pacific time, just in case I have trouble getting out of Chicago at the airport, which can definitely happen. Uh, but, you know, we've been doing Shutter Selects throughout March. Uh, and, you know, if you don't happen to catch them live, you could always catch a broadcast, uh, like, basically on the VOD, also on Streamloud. So go check that out. Uh, outside of that, we do also have a couple of ways to support the show. Uh, so you can buy merchandise on our TeePublic at tpublic.com slash scare, And we also have our Patreon where we have tiers earning at just $1 a month. Where you can earn a number of perks including early access, first looks. I could pick uh, short films for us to watch for our commentary tracks. Or even select in our films to review on the podcast as well as the phobias for the month. Now that being said, of course... Uh, we have been talking about, uh, you know, some pretty interesting movies so far. Uh, last week we saw what horrors await when a cult build their own extreme haunted house in Haunt. And tonight, you know, we're going to change up the tempo a bit to the sad trumpet ballad in Alex de la Iglesia's The Last Circus. Alright, so, I'm assuming this was a first time watch for both of you. Yes. Yeah. All right. Because like I I, I know initially when I'm like, okay, I want to do something a little bit different. And this is a movie I've seen probably three or four times now uh, after today's watch. And this particular director uh, who did like Day of the Beast, uh, Witching and Bitching, which is another very like standout, like over the top. I knew it. Like heist movie that also deals with witchcraft uh he is a very distinctive spanish director and i really love his movies and this movie has so many different like subgenres that it pulls right. from but it's all set in this uh backdrop of you know the fascist like franco uh like spain tr- uh, transition before they, like, turned into a democracy in the mid-1970s. And, you know, right out of the gate, you know, we're basically at the war front, and you have these pair of clowns. You have the happy clown, and you have the sad clown, uh, who, you know, they're doing their whole performance, uh, despite the fact that, you know, there are bombs going off nearby, and they're trying to, like, hold the attention of the kids so they're not scared. And as soon as the bombs start to go off, they, like, change it up a bit in their performance where they go to the dress routine, which is, like, their surefire hit that will, like, you know, turn their frowns upside down in this case to, like, get them back on board with what is happening. But this whole sequence kind of, like, sets up uh, the nationalist troops coming in and, like, having all of the men bear arms in this case to fight. And, of course, you have the happy clown who is in this dress, armed with a machete. And, you know, the whole idea is, you know, you're going to go out there and you are going to scare the shit Shit. out of the opposition. And just the way that it's just set up and just, like, how gleeful at times it seems with the blood splatter coming off of the machete at times makes it really over the top. And there are a lot of elements of dark humor throughout this movie. But, like, that is, like, one of 
the main sequence is it really sticks out and it's like right, right. at the beginning. So you kind of have an idea of what to expect before you're introduced to uh, the son of the happy clown, which ends up being kind of like the main character later on after the opening here. You know, I didn't um, look up the, the background on the director, but I remember immediately was like, you know what? This reminds me so much. The style and the sort of the tongue in cheek sort of sense throughout the whole movie reminded me so much of Witchin and Bitchin. Uh, which is like that's a wonderful movie too. Like there are all of these movies, like they, they're real roller coasters, right? They they take you through a couple of different genres, like you were saying, and it just by the end of the movie, you it's it's hard to remember how we, it started so small, even though it didn't not that small. But yeah, like that opening sequence uh, with with his dad dressed as the the little girl with the ringlets and everything. <laughs> and initially, he has a rifle. But the guy next to him was like, well, I just have a machete. And he was like, and they made them trade weapons. He was like, like they're, they're going to be incredibly, you know, scared out of their skulls to see this clown coming at them with a machete, which he's not wrong. And they, I really enjoyed that he was so invested in fighting. Like, he's like, well, if I'm here, let's, let's go ahead and, you know, take down some, take down some soldiers. Mm. It was a really good sequence. I really enjoyed it. Definitely. And well shot. Right, the editing's so great in his movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the production value, the shooting and photography is really good. And that opening battle, the uh, guy with his legs and arms blown off. Oh my god, he's like, I'm f***ing. He's like, am I wounded? <laughs> <laughs> that was the, pretty neat. The charging, the clowns. Yeah, no, I liked that beginning was really good. Uh, and the, the, the soldier. I, I wished that character, I thought he would be uh, end up... The um that military guy who d- is the one that you know is, is like you're gonna fight. And oh yeah! Like, I thought he would become like more of a character. No, nope. I was I was a little disappointed that he didn't continue on. But yeah, no, that beginning is really good. And uh, and I gotta point out right off the bat too that foreign movies more than any American movies are willing to cast like mm-hmm. non thin, pretty people to be main characters. Which I enjoy. It helps you lose yourself in the story. Yeah, like that main character, it's like, it's important that he looks the way he does. Like, you can't cast a a, a model guy. Yeah. Which is what they would do if this was an American movie. It would be, you know, uh, (laughs) know, whoever it would be. But, uh, Especially since he's the lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. He's the lead, and we spend the most amount of time with him. And, uh, and yeah, no, I just wanted to point that out. Cause that, and it's important to the movie, as I say, like, you gotta, it's like for the, what that character is and everything, it can't be an attractive guy. Right. Or, well, like, not that he's ugly, but you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. But he can't be like a supermodel looking kind mm-hmm. of guy. No, right. And I mean, and to your point about just adding like grittiness and, and, uh, that, yeah, that's, there's a level of like, it's still a really Hollywood movie, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of like its production value and everything, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of grit mm-hmm. and it's just, it really grabs you and I really, really enjoyed it. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to like jump ahead, but I'm not going to do it with this one because I care. I'm going to go slow. I'm going to go by part by part. <laughs> Yeah, so also, like, during this opening sequence, you know, we have all of the troop members who are executed, except for the happy clown, uh, who ends up getting captured, and he's forced into slave labor. Right. Uh, uh, and that's when we meet his son, Xavier, uh, who ends up becoming the, the sad clown uh, later on. And, you know, he's trying to free his dad from... Uh, you know, this work where, you know, he's setting up dynamites uh, in this, like, cave where they are mining at the time. And in his attempt to save his father, uh, you know, his father basically gets trampled by the colonel's horse. Uh, And, of course, this Xavier sees this, he, like, freaks out. But, you know, he still manages to get some damage in by gouging out one of the eyes of the colonel. Uh, which does come into play later uh, because there is a sequence where uh, Xavier actually gets captured himself and gets kind of like humiliated. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> in that one of the interesting weird. parts. Uh, There's so many like, different little uh, sort of, not side stories, but reactions in the movie that you kind of like, have to sit and think about it. You're like, why did this happen? Why was going, what's going on here? So, uh, yeah, that was 
it was an interesting introduction too because you have like this um the the idea of the clown is so important in this movie like it, it <laughs> that it's uh the the whole circus relies on the head clown later in the story like 20 years later his dad was a clown and then uh, Javier's dad was a clown and his grandpa was a clown and for some reason like the idea of like making children happy is so important throughout the whole movie which kind of makes sense because throughout the whole movie they're also talking about uh you know, uh, political oppression and all of uh, all of the history that Spain has that we were just talking about, like, oh, you know, well, we're reading about, like, World War II. They're reading about, like, the civil wars that were going... I mean, they're learning about their own history and the civil wars that were going on. And then the 60s with, with Franco and all that hot shit. Mm-hmm. So it's... But it was kind of tender how there's all this roughness and ugliness in, in the world and then being a clown is so elevated and it's such such an important thing even to like the absolute maniacs that are in this movie mm-hmm. so yeah and, and including the uh the the crazy oh my god it was so crazy the who, joe uh, pesci character <laughs> <laughs> but his he was cool i like the way they introduced his character where you know he was kind of a psycho and an asshole but he's, he's like, like you have to do it for the kids you have to do <laughs> like, and he really meant it. Like he wasn't just like a psycho. He was. He actually did want to like protect the kids and entertain the kids, even though he was a, kind of a psycho at the same yes, time. Psycho. And so, you know, that was. I mean, like as we're moving, as, as we're moving through the story. So, uh, Javier manages to get away from uh, the general, who was sort of. Wait, just so I get the names right. The sad clown, the main guy. He's Javier, right? Yes. Okay. And, yeah. And Sergio is the happy clown. Is that the psycho happy clown? The psycho happy clown, right? Yeah. So Javier uh, makes it, you know, 20 years later, he's not captured and he's able to get away and then decides to become a clown. But he said that he hadn't really, it wasn't something he was doing before. He was just decides to 20 years later become the sad clown because his dad had told him, like, you're not funny. (laughs) You're never going to be funny. All right. So you got to be the sad clown. It's like, like, oh, gee, thanks, dad. Like really uplifting my spirits. Yeah, I can't, I can't put my finger on it exactly, but I swear there's a scene like that in one of those like Adam Sandler movies where it's like the joke, like flashback of the dad being like, you're not funny. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I like, he's like, you're the sad clown. Yeah, that's great. Great. Thanks, dad. I'm really glad I put myself where it was to see you a couple times while you were imprisoned. But yeah, so he ends up in this. Circus, and he gets introduced to all of the the circus folk, which again, all of them incredibly well cast and really uh, great actors. And and mm-hmm. again, like the I call him Joe Pesci because ever since uh, Goodfellas, like I just think of him. And then also Casino, mm-hmm. and then also Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Mm-hmm. Is that just Joe Pesci? It's no, no. He, I'm, I'm sure he's nice, <laughs> but uh, he's. I mean, he's such a scary psycho that that's just that personality, right? The 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 loose cannon and uh that's that's just terrorizing everybody else in his life and he'll just like turn on you at any moment yeah mm-hmm. and then of course he meets natalie the beautiful what do you call him trapeze artist mm-hmm. he's incredibly good looking yeah Oh, Natalie. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're talking about like the stereotypical look in like the American movies. I mean, Natalia in this movie is like the glamour, like mm-hmm. by far. Uh, but you know, it's very interesting because you have Javier, uh, who is like the polar opposite of Sergio. You know, Sergio is the right. happy clown who's like the violent, very arrogant man, uh, the abuser, basically. Lady Peter, uh, yeah. And you know, I I really liked the conversation that they had the first time. Uh, that Javier and Sergio were together because you know Sergio's like trying to get to know Javier and he asked him like well why do you want to be a clown and then you know Javier doesn't really answer right away and then you know Sergio right. was putting words into his mouth and then you know at one point Sergio's like well if I wasn't a clown I'd be a murderer <laughs> and then Javier's <laughs> yeah. like yeah me too and then to see kind of like the path that was laid out in front of both of them at different points in this movie, right. both of them go in that direction. Uh, now, granted, one of them much further into that progression at the end of the line, uh, which is probably not what you would come to expect as you get to know Javier over the course of this movie. 
Uh, but, you know, N Natalia was a very curious case in this movie because, you know, she right. was kind of like that constant flirt to Javier uh, because Javier wasn't like any other man that she had met before. Uh, and, you know, you have like this whole sequence in the diner where all of the troop members are like having dinner and, you know, dessert. And, uh, you know, Sergio tells this joke about a dead baby. Uh, and Javier is the only person who's not laughing, and so in that sense, like, he's the only one to really, like, step up to Sergio, uh, out of, like, the entire lot of the circus, and mm -hmm. that turns Natalia on, but it's just one of those scenes where, you know, later on in the movie, you know, like, you know, she, she gets abused, like, she has... You know, rough sex with uh, Sergio in this scene, even though, you know, Javier is like in like right next door, really, in, like in the booth. And he uh, thinks that he's getting beat up, but it's actually like. Yeah. <laughs> Get him pounded against a plexiglass. And stop hitting her, you know, <laughs> even though it's not actually. I mean, he's hitting her from the back, but that's, you know, not not the same, uh, you know, thing there uh, in this case. You know, like, later on in the movie, like, one of the women, like, comment to, like, Natalia, like, well, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, because, like, she's really turned on by, like, that aggressive nature of Sergio, but, like, she likes the very right. calm, polite demeanor of mm -hmm. Javier, too, where, like, they're complete polar opposites, but she falls in love with both of them for very different reasons. Right, I mean, like, on, uh, like you were saying, on the one hand, you know, Javier, or not Javier, uh, Javier is, uh, What's the other guy? The good clown? The funny clown? Sergio. Sergio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sergio. So on the one hand, like, yeah, she wants the the, the volatility, the violence, the, the the sort of high passion, whatever you want to call it. And she keeps telling people, like, haven't you ever been had a love that was just going to tear you apart? No, that's abuse, man. <laughs> like, there were other dudes. Um, and then, of course, the, the other side of that is just feeling protected and, like, nothing bad's going to happen to her, which is Javier. So, which at the end doesn't even fucking work out that way anyway. But uh, it's, yeah, like you were saying, like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, just because uh, these are two polar opposites. And, and what, like, those, uh, now that I think about it, that's the whole point of the movie, right? So uh, Sergio and Javier are polar opposites, and that's why they're a great team. And they, they all talk about how, like, wow, we've never had such a great, you know, funny clown and sad clown together. You guys are really fantastic. And, uh, yeah, like, the, she wanted them both, now that I think about it. The the funny thing is, is they were polar opposites, but in the end they were they the, turned same. the same. Yeah, they both just turned into so psycho deep. murderous clowns. But yeah, but came at it from different different directions. And I, it's a, it is kind of a commentary. Like I thought that was great. Like the uh, you know the you can't have your cake and eat it too. Because that is like a really common thing mm -hmm. uh, where, and not just among women either, but where somebody wants to date somebody that's really exciting, yeah. but also really safe. stable and safe. And and those two things they often don't, go don't really hand, yeah. go together in the same person very much. And so I, I thought that was good. And But it's also kind of making the commentary that like, you know, and we've seen it with the internet and things in the modern world where you have the nice guy, quote unquote, TM, uh, and then you have like the like asshole, mm -hmm. like, uh, like jock guy. Chad. And the sort of commentary that like the negativity of both people ends up being, being the, the same, same thing. It's, it's a deep it's, it's it was a, a really deep movie. movie it's a really good well. movie yeah. i really enjoyed it a lot and i even i mean i particularly enjoy that it's set in the 60s and you get a lot of that sort of nostalgia as well which uh i just watched last night in soho and i was all about that anyway but uh let's not review a different movie in the middle of this which one. does bring up the kojak club oh yeah is, <laughs> i was so like cool. is this is this a real club? Did this actually, did this kind of thing actually exist or is this pure made up? Because why Kojak? I mean, I know I'm old enough to remember Co the Kojak TV show, which was Telly Savalas, famous bald man. Yeah, I'm and, trying to remember of like. And he, he yeah. was a detective. It was a, t a television detective the show. the killer? What was it called? No, uh, you're thinking of Kolchak. Kojak. The Night Stalker. Night Stalker. But Kojak was just a TV detective. So Gosh, why okay. he, 
got his own Spanish dedicated nightclub. I'm not Maybe sure if that was like a weird. Yeah, is he really popular there? Maybe. Did that club actually exist? I don't know. <laughs> but it was a cool scene. I liked the whole kind of 60s, 70s. Right. Yeah, and last night in Soho. I think I definitely, I mean, I, I, I grew up. Or when I was a little older, uh, not just a kid, but watching a lot of uh, Pedro and Moldovar movies. And those are always talking about like 60s, 70s, 80s in, in Spain. And uh, it's just a, a culture bubble because of that separation of, those, of, of the wars and the way that culture kind of moves throughout the countries in Europe uh, based on, on uh, availability of pop culture, right? And it's, it's just really, it's a really interesting thing to, to sort of think about and follow. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So where do we love? Leave off. <laughs> All right. So, you know, also with the circus, you know, you know, Natalia was talking about like how she's feeling trapped in this relationship with the abuser. Uh, but, you know, in the same sense, like the circus is kind of also trapped with Sergio, too. Like right. he's the only right. happy clown that they've had with like a long tenure. He is really great with the kids. <laughs> Uh, and of course, you know, that sort of relationship between the kids and, uh, Sergio does change much later in the movie when he, uh, has his transformation, uh, in his own right, where he becomes a type of monster, uh, outside of just being an abuser, which is a different type of monster in this case. Uh, but yeah. You know, it's just, it's crazy to just see just the path that they were led down where, you know, you have... Natalia, who was just sexually and emotionally attracted to Sergio, despite the violent tendencies, and everyone's trying to tell her, you know, well, why, why don't you just leave? And and I know, like, there's that conversation even with, with like, the, uh, the ringleader, where he's, like, kind of feeling the same emotions, and it's, like, that right. feeling of, you know, the circus is going to be the death of me, and for a lot of them, that is the same fate that they all share. Mm-hmm. Very fiddlestick, sad clown all around. I know. Circuses are kind of really weirdly depressing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I feel like the new ones are fine because I'm sure that they have like all sorts of measures to make sure everybody's nice and healthy and happy. But, uh, but uh, yeah, like that's the whole theme. Even like the American Horror Story, uh, what was it? The, the circus one. I can't uh, remember what it was called. Uh, freak the Show. Circus. Freak Show. Uh, that was the whole theme. Like, oh, you know, we're. That peeps, you know, going from town to town, being looked down upon. Yeah. <sighs> nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the freaks, the original, the Todd Browning freaks? Yeah. And that one, too. Kind of a similar vibe. Right. Where it's like that everybody is a little bit off in the. And yeah, rejected by society. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, uh, where are we now? So there, we're still in the circus, and, of course, uh, we come to the, the what you would think would be the climax, but that's what I love about this guy's movies, right? You get to a point where you think you're, you're in a climax of the movie, and then it just it, it, it gives you, like, some misdirection, and the movie turns in, into a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you another climax, and it does, that, it does that at least two or three times in this movie. So the first climax being where he nearly beats to death Sergio after escape, not escaping, but uh, he, Sergio finds him in the carnival hanging out with his lady. Uh, or no, wait, he goes to beat up his lady. Javier steps in to help her. And then he, and then Sergio beats the ever living shit out of mm-hmm. him. And he gets uh, taken yes, away to prison or not to prison. He just held, but again, later released. And then uh, Javier ends up in the hospital. And when he, as soon as he wakes up, he goes right back to see Sergio, like in his like uh, hospital gown. Which was honestly the fact that he never, not never, but it, it takes him forever to change into another outfit in the movie. That was pretty fucking impressive. And they <laughs> show his butt like a. They always they show it so much. Just, that's called art. Hey, he's just okay. trying to you know stay loose in this case. But you know, you also had that conversation between Natalia and Xavier in the hospital, where she's just like. You know, like we we can't see each other. You know, it's oh, for, it's for your own sake. Like, don't don't go after this guy because like she doesn't want to see him uh, get hurt yeah. in this case. Uh, and of course, you know, Javier just returns to the circus, finds Sergio and uh, Natalia having sex, and you know, oh, you, you had the very stereotypical like uh, like 
uh, light into where, you know, they're behind, like, the sheet and whatever, and they're having doggy-style right. sex, and then he just yeah. picks up a trumpet and just bashes the living shit out Ooh. of him uh, with it, leaving him bloodied and battered uh, to I the point... Yeah, to the point where, like, Natalia's face is completely covered in Sergio's blood, uh, and Xavier, like, Javier is just, like, escaping through the sewers to, like, get away from, from everyone in this case, so he's, like, kind of had his own, like, transformation, uh, not to the full extent yet, but, like, it's the first part where, like, he has that sort of, like, violent, animalistic tendency in him that Natalia didn't see otherwise up until that point just because like he had been very passive when it came to like the abuse in this case mm -hmm. which uh and that was also connected to when he had that vision of her as like the virgin mary oh remember? right later on where he, when he gets picked up though and he's in the but is that later oh is yeah that the event, is that the thing that where it, that inspires him to beat up the guy. No, no, that was much later. So um, after he he nearly kills Sergio and he flees, he flees in his hospital gown and he ends up in the forest. And, well, and, and, and then he gets like, picked up by the dude and then he sees her as the Virgin Mary in uh, in that little chapel that he's trapped in. Okay. Yeah, the Virgin but, Mary leads to him scarring himself and like burning his face. Right, right. But before that, I also wanted to bring up, and I think, is it in this part where he ends up becoming like a dog for the military guys? Yes, the retriever? right before that, or during that. Uh, no, right. that. I got a little confused in that part. Okay. There was a high-level general guy, but was Franco yeah. actually, Franco was actually part of that he group, right? Franco. He was, yeah. yeah. And he was like Franco's dog, basically. No, no, he so, was the general's dog. The general's and then Franco was like, you're a man, you shouldn't, are you, why are you doing this? This isn't Christian. And, which is really weird coming from Franco. But, uh, although I don't really know too much about Franco, other than, you know, some of the, 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 the basics. The, the basics. <laughs> and, and then he bites Franco and then right. they're going to put him down because yeah. of that. But I mean, like the whole sequence in the, um, well, there were two things that we kind of, uh, that we skipped over. And the first was that uh, it was really weird how the circus rallies behind both Sergio and Javier, right? So they both, they, every time one of them needs help, the circus helps them. And it's so weird because you would think like, oh, well, you pick one or you, you don't help the one that has sort of crossed the line, like the, the, the nice, the line of social, uh, socially accepted mm -hmm. behavior. But it's, it, the whole movie is all about like really toxic, abusive you know, family and relationships. Right. And it never gets outside of that. Like, they never step away from each other. They they always want to save both of them, which is mm. really interesting and weird. Well, that's because uh, the, the biggest thing at the end of the day, Holly, is there's that codependency where if one of them yeah. goes down, the entire circus shuts down. <gasps> that's right. That's what it is. And plus, <laughs> and plus he is the psych, the crazy one. He is good with the kids mm -hmm. and he's almost like one of the stars of the show. Like it's almost like him and the trapeze woman are kind of like the faces of right. the circus. Well, you don't, you, you don't think ghost rider is like the main attraction with his uh, faulty turbo motorcycle. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like he, that guy, like they didn't, I, I don't believe they literally called him ghost rider, but he is literally yes. ghost rider. And at some point comics. he says, you're, don't think, because I think he was, there was that scene where when they're introducing Javier to everybody, and he was like, how come I don't get to have a sequency or yeah. <laughs> or stuff? And he was like, because you're more like Ghost Rider. So he doesn't call him Ghost but you know, that's what they're going for. Mm -hmm. But even after, like, they've rallied, and again, right now we're jumping ahead a little bit, but the at one point the circus folk uh, rally uh, after Javier and Sergio have left, and they, that's when they opened the Kojak Club, and they seem to be really well you know they, they've got lots of attendance doing this sort of burlesque thing and natalia is like really like the star of the show and she's you know uh it, it seemed like it was a really positive space for them and then despite that they're still sort of family even though like you were saying it, there's a codependency there which there is but there was an opportunity to step away from both of these guys and they didn't they, they still helped them both mm -hmm. but anyway uh we skipped over the 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 forest part which i thought was I don't know what it means, but it seems so significant. Like, he's just naked through the woods, and he ends up in that in that well, and and like animals are falling, and he's eating them. You know, like the the, the 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 deer falls in there, and he eats him. Yeah. And then like the boar chases him out of there somehow. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that was, it was a wild boar. Okay, you don't want to. You don't want to fuck with that. That thing was gonna no, hunt him down. But not, and then that's where he gets picked up, and then the guy recognizes him immediately. Which I mean, I guess from the um, a medallion he was wearing, or some sort of like you know saint charm. Yeah. yeah. That he, but it's still like a long shot, and he still sort of recognizes him, even though it's been like twenty years. Mm-hmm. And then he takes him back and treats him like a dog, and <laughs> and then and you think like. So it's just again, like it's just it's a roller coaster, man. Mm. A really good ride. Yeah, he's a but hunting yeah. dog until he ends up, uh, you know, biting one of the colonel's friends in this case. Uh, but you know, out- outside of that, like also after like the trumpet attack on Sergio, like the the other important thing to mention is they do get him medical attention, but it wasn't at a hospital; it was at a nearby uh, veterinarian. Uh, where they do manage to save Sergio's life, uh, but, you know, he's left pretty badly scarred. He's got, like, the whole Glasgow smile where he's got a scar, like, all the way from his mouth up to his ear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you you know, you have that whole monster transformation from, you know, Sergio, where, like, yeah, he's even, like, showing up at the burlesque club to, like, like, get the lowdown and to follow Natalia to, like, try to win her back, basically, uh, in this case. But, you know, the the whole sequence with Javier in the woods was just so, like, out of left field. Like, I, I don't understand, like, the initial reaction of, okay, I'm on the run. Okay, let me run into the forest. And, like, I, I can kind of understand the thought process of let me live off the wildlife or, like, you know, picking berries or mushrooms or whatever in the woods. But, like, to eat a whole fucking deer? Like, like, yeah, like, that couldn't have been there for, like, a couple of days, and he's, like, already, like, consumed the majority of the meat. I know, because he just ripped cage. I'm like, what the fuck? I know, when they they show him eating it, and then they kind of, the camera kind of pans back, and you see that, like, the whole flesh thing. I remember, like, thinking when I saw that shot, is like, he just ate, like, 20 pounds of meat. More than that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he just like gorged himself yeah like 50 pounds like, I mean, he's ate so much that's, that's so much but uh, it's okay so he gets captured he gets treated like a dog uh, and then he gets put in this like little like he's in a little chapel somehow right mm-hmm. like he's just being like you know held there and even like how do these guys not fear him more like the dude is acting like an animal and you're just gonna walk around him like he's not crazy that guy that was kind of his handler or whatever. yeah like the the like he wasn't even a handler he just seemed like the the groundskeeper yeah, sort of yeah. like he didn't seem to have like a lot of training in domesticating man he was like oh you bit franco i think i like you <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe we can be friends after all and then he sees uh and then he kind of has a breakdown and sees Nat- natalia as the virgin mary that's and yeah then, where he, yeah and then, and then the children like super villain origin <laughs> at that point yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole like, okay, Natalia's here's the Virgin Mary being like, oh yeah, you know, you should become my angel of death and just start murdering everyone. And, you know, it's funny too, because like at that point, you know, obviously Javier isn't all there. Like he's already past that brink of insanity, but like having that vision was the absolute breaking point for him. And that's when we have that transformation where, you know, he takes sodium hydroxide and pours it over his face to scar him. He takes the iron and scolds it, uh, the sides of his face so it looks like clown makeup. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, he finds the colonel and uh, ends up heading, like, back towards the city. But, like, that transformation scene and just seeing the entire garb and just how much he's, like, self-mutilated himself, it is very striking where... Yeah. Even if you compare him to Sergio at this point, who is also a monster in his own right, just with that sort of, like, silhouette that Javier now has, like, he's far more medicine to me between the two characters. Right. Mm-hmm. He kind of surpasses Sergio. It's really interesting, because, I mean, like, that and, uh... Because Sergio initially has that that's that really anxious well i mean he made me really anxious that kind of character where we're like you don't know what he's gonna do and you, and you can feel like the trauma that the people around him feel and to have to like then surpass him and then come back to like sort of meet him and fight him like that was that was pretty great because you kind of elevate 
not elevated, but like his everything just escalates basically, you know, they're both sort of pushed to the brink and, and then you, you bring them back together. And then at this point, um, is it at this point that Sergio has no, no. Cause we still have to, there's so much shit that happens in this movie. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to keep it straight. I'm like, wait, no. Okay. So then, uh, Javier goes back to see Natalia mm-hmm. and he has that really great, and like yeah, like that, now the sequence of events a little jumbled up. But he has that great sequence where, um, well, he causes. <laughs> oh man! All right, so he causes just mayhem and destruction because well, there's still like military shit going on in in town. So there's still like the, the the backdrop is still pretty violent itself as well, pretty like insane. And uh, then we have the the scene where both him and and Sergio are going after Natalia. And he blows up a convoy. No, he's in the middle of a... Yeah, he's like r- raising hell in the streets. And then there's just like a random terrorist bombing. That's the, what it is. Thank the, you. The military that vehicle. Awesome. That was a great scene, too. That was some CGI. I like, they did a great job with the explosion. and The car jumps on top of the building. <laughs> yeah, the car <laughs> flies up and lands on the roof. Then he the goes up to the, the car full of dudes that just made that happen. He was like, what circus are you guys with? Because he's just fucking gone. And then after that, he has a sequence where he goes into the movie theater and he sees the whole uh, sad clown the ballad. Trumpet. Yeah, yeah, the trumpet. And uh, of course, some idiot is telling him to sit down front. Like, who the fuck talks to somebody dressed like that like that? I mean, I think we all know that if we were in the situation, very quietly get out of there. Yeah, that's, I mean, why, that's just... why the lady friend is like, hey, it's pretty obvious like he's not all there right now. Yeah, I know. The, I know. She's like, why Why are you doing this? Like, you would, I know, because you would never do that. Never in a million years. Even in the 70s. Yep. Even the and 70s. of course, what happens? The guy speaks up. Javier basically grabs him by the hand, like, just pushes it back and, like, splits right open. Like, at you know, the he got off It's like, holy yeah. shit. Like, that was, like, so sudden. But at least he, he did survive. He, he did survive. He didn't get killed. That was pretty positive. There. But, you know, you, you guys forgot an important detail here. You know, after Natalia oh. basically, like, leaves Javier again after he returns back to the circus, Javier just goes out and steals an ice cream truck. You know, it just it's reminded me so much of uh, Twisted Metal. You know, it's Sweet Tooth. <laughs> sweet Tooth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, man. The ice cream truck. That was a great game. God, I cannot. They need to remaster that game. Like, I don't know why it hasn't already been remastered, but I know they are doing a series for that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Which yeah, that was. And then, and then uh, I mean, like at this point, um, Javier. Well, actually, they both get away, but then uh, Sergio ends up taking Natalia with him, and then they start their own little side hustle where kids parties. <laughs> I mean. This is, uh, that's pretty intense. That's a pretty intense uh, kid's performance there. <laughs> and of course, his face gets uncovered and uh, they, they're unable to continue doing those. And then Natalia walks, actually, yeah, walks away from him. And physically, like, this is the first time she's actually left him successfully without, like, it being some sort of big, dramatic, violent scene. It was more of a, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm going to go. And, uh, and the same, and, Nearby that scene, we also have that great scene of uh, Javier in the coffee shop. That was probably pretty one of my favorite. It's a pretty fantastic scene. Is one of my favorites, where he's uh, shooting up the place. And there's like one little kid who was in the bathroom, and the, the whole family's running to the car because they're running to get away. And then they get in the car, it's like, "Well, that's one behind." And the dad's got to get back in there and just grab the kid and run out. So that he, was pretty great. And, uh, he just takes him. Yeah, really, like, like zoink. Yeah, like, all right. Yeah. Well, Javier, like, has a gun pointed at the kid, and he's like, yeah. you don't scare me. And that's yeah. when the dad comes in. <laughs> this little, like, five-year-old kid. That was but, a really good scene, yeah. But that was good. I mean, that's a good part, though, too, because he is acting out. Like, it's kind of like he is... The sort of victim, like the, you know, obviously not so much at that point, but he's more acting out of fear Mm -hmm. than out of like hatred or aggression, you know, as opposed to the other, the other, yeah, 
Um, and I, I thought that's because I yeah, that was a cool scene. I was like, oh, what did you mean by that? And then I thought, oh yeah, yeah, because he's the sad, sad clown. He's gone crazy because of the world being terrible to him and the conditions of everything. So deep. And then I guess he could see, you know, like he's sort of a, it's that thing where he's like afraid of everyone, so he has to lash out at everyone, kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Pretty neat. And then I think we've covered. Are we are we at the final like? The final scene now, or the final location of this this crazy movie. Well, I mean, you you have like the sequence where Sergio is basically trying to find out where the troop is at after oh, going right. to the burlesque club, and he does run into Ghost Rider and like threatens to throw him off the bridge down to like the train below. Uh, and then he tells him about like this uh, like cave like structure. Uh, where all of the animals are being kept because like they they didn't want to like sell out the animals because like they don't actually own them or anything all right uh and they're all i'm trying to remember like where exactly they were at um big church like structure out in the woods or something got a big cross on I, I, yeah, I know. I know. There's this like a spe- specific name for it. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, but okay. there's like a lot of like rock structures, and um, you know that's where like they're keeping all the animals that they have. That's where all the troop is staying, basically. Uh, and you know, you you kind of have like them syncing up again with Natalia and uh, Javier, except like Natalia at this point doesn't really want anything to do with him. And you know, Javier, despite the ugliness that is you know, burned into his skin at this point after he self-mutilated himself. He still has, like, that whimsical, like, kid-like quality to him as he's, like, jumping up on, like, the spring pad. Mm-hmm. Definitely. She's nuts. Natalia still got it a little bit together, but she's still crazy. They're all crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's definitely, like... Not to, you know, to kind of get into the overall of the movie is like everything was crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> it was just like chaos, you know, that time politically and uh, the war. And, and uh, you know, I had a big message about how that just drive that chaos and war just drives everyone crazy and causes all that chaos and craziness. Some good shit. Yeah, so, so Sergio, knowing where the troop is at, uh, basically informs the military police uh, who have been looking for Javier after, like, his violent outbursts uh, with, like, terrorist bombings and all that uh, are basically like, all right, well, if he's not here, like, you know, we're going to arrest you. And he's like, all right, whatever. Like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> uh, that's when he, you know, dons the, the, you know, the clown makeup again. He chases Javier and Natalia, uh, you know, through... Uh, like, this monumental, like, cross structure at this place, which is, like, fucking massive, too. Like, this is not, like, a small uh, building by any means, or even a small cross. And, you know, you have a lot of, like, the whole, all right, we're going to pan down to nice. see the, the depth of, like, how high up we actually are in this moment. And it it is, like, really greatly shot. And Another part that we haven't really talked about, at least with, like, the filming of this movie, a lot of it is in kind of, like, black and white. Didn't you have, like, the splashes of color, like, Sin City-esque at, at times, mm-hmm. too? Yeah, definitely. Especially the, the intro with the, the painting of the clown's face, and then, mm-hmm. you get the, and then you go right back to it, and there's a line that comes out of nowhere to just hang out by Javier. Remember the very beginning of the movie? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was going to be, I'm like, yeah. wow, I wish I had a pet lion. Except for the, uh, and the color of, uh, Javier when he kind of gets his final costume where Uh, he has all the, um, religious garb that he puts on and everything becomes really colorful. So the ending, I mean, like, uh, of course we have the the really big over the top ending where there's Godzilla, not Godzilla, uh, King Kong style, like climbing up the side of a building while a bunch of military are all around, like (laughs) shooting at everyone. That was, uh, that was like the North by Northwest sequence of the movie. <laughs> Except in that case, it was Mount Rushmore. Right. And then, of course, uh, lots of uh, the the, sh- the showdown between the two at the very top. And you actually, you know, get to go blow by blow. And mm-hmm. and then, of course, Natalia has the opportunity to uh, to end it all. And she does. And that was a, I did not expect her to die. And there, I've ruined it for yeah. everyone. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> 
She got the Gwen Stacy <laughs> death. Mm-hmm. There you go. The Spider-Man Gwen Stacy. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect her to die. I thought th- the movie would kind of have a happy, quote-unquote, ending. <laughs> like, I kind of thought she would... Yes, they don't do that in Europe. But yeah, <laughs> she died. Definitely. Yeah, like the, ha- the happy ending, like Natalia doesn't go with either violence. Abuse yeah, that's a good like, yeah. <laughs> But even like, uh, remember in uh, in uh, Witching and Bitching or Bitching and Witching, what, however the title is translated, the happy ending in that one is really sad too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that I movie. See, I didn't see it. Oh, it's really good. Like, yeah, the, the good guys win, but the nobody believes them and they end up being like homeless on the street and... And then, like, also kind of crazy, too. So, we're like, remember that time we saved humanity? <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's Europe. They're not going to, yeah. they're not going to end it nicely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, uh, it was a decent ending. It was good. What was the whole thing with Ghost Rider? And, like, the, that one, like, seemed really out of left field where they're, he's trying to save them by jumping all the way to the top, but he he doesn't even get... I don't know. It was just, I think, meant to be a running joke that like, he just a running constantly joke that like couldn't make the jump that he was kind of because that you know all through the story he kept like crashing on Into his the jumps. Wall, yeah, <laughs> and he does. It's like I, you expect him to actually do something good at the yeah, end, like, and no. he just like fails at the yep. end. Well, he—I mean, he accomplished what he had been doing the entire time, which is just crashing and burning. In this case, except in yeah. this case, it was—it uh, was fatal. But he blew up, right? I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. totally clear on it. it looked they like carried he blew him up at, some, at the end. They, oh, did they carry him? Wasn't he carried at the end? Somewhere? <sighs> I, I mean, he definitely died, but like, mm. I feel like. But I thought, yeah, he seemed to get blown up at the end there. Ghost know. Rider. Ghost Rider. Hmm. No, uh, no lawsuits from Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> well, all in all, like, I was really impressed with the movie. It was really good and really emotional. And- Mm-hmm. Had a lot of depth, had a lot to talk about. I mean, we just uh, reviewed Haunt, and we kind of, at one point, we were like, what else can we say about this? Lots of good tricks. Yeah. This one, there's, like, lots to chat about. There's a, a whole lot of um, uh, depth to the movie. Yeah, definitely. It was. I was thinking how, um, if this were an American Hollywood movie, the time, the way the story was would be flipped, where in this movie, the first hour is all like story and background and then the last half hour is he finally sort of transforms mm-hmm. into the clown and goes completely haywire it would be flipped the american version would be the first half hour is the build-up story and then the last hour is him is the craziness because <laughs> it was like it really felt like wow this movie, it's almost like a super villain origin story right. in a way, but we, you really spend, you know, the first three quarters of the movie just on, like, kind of the build-up and background and how we get to where, you know, we are once he finally puts on, you know, scars his face and puts on the costume that was intense. and becomes uh, his final his final form. form. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's great, too, because, like, at the end, when the military police actually capture Sergio and Javier, you know, they're sitting opposite of one another. You know, you got the, the happy clown and the sad clown both crying extremely hard, and you got, like, the really close-ups on their face. Uh, like, but it's, like, it's even, like, they're cry-laughing at the same time. So, like, obviously, at this point, they're, they're too far gone. Uh, but, like, you know, just knowing how this was framed, like, as you said, like, with that, like, superhero villain uh background story that ties in perfectly with the next movie we're gonna be talking about next week because it's directed by the guy who just did the spider-man trilogy with uh andrew garfield (laughs) so yeah that will be a clown next week on the podcast directed by john watts uh and this was released in 2014 uh and I've only seen this that one once, uh, but I remember it being pretty fucking good. So I'm looking forward to revisiting okay. that one. But yeah, uh, this movie is definitely one to check out. Last Circus. It is. I want to. You can get a free trial for like, uh, was it Magnolia Pictures that had it? I know like two um, places on, had uh, it. It is, and then also I got it the cheaper free trial. I mean, they're free trials, but mm-hmm. when you come out of it on Magnolia, it's you come out into a a four ninety nine 
a month subscription. But then there's also Warriors and Gangsters or Gangsters and Warriors, which is a I've never heard of that streaming service. Yeah, me but if you do that one, you come out into a two ninety nine subscription. Oh, so if you forget, then it only costs you two ninety nine. So remind me to cancel it because that's how I watched it. <laughs> and I, I think normally it's like three ninety nine to rent on top Ooh. of that. So there you go, math. <laughs> you know, I thought I'd be uh, tired of clowns by the, the uh, by the second or third movie. I'm not. I'm really digging this. <laughs> totally evil clowns. Evil clowns. <laughs> I just figured, you know, this would be the perfect one to throw in the middle. It's a nice change up, and then we'll get back to, you know, straight up horror uh, for our next episode with Clown. Yeah, and then we got a real weird one for the end of the month. Yeah. Which is a very, I mean, I would say it's a good companion piece, but it's also a really different type of movie in its own right, too, uh, to this one. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. It's been a long time, though. Which one? Santa Sangre, the very last one. I watched it, I think, when I was, like, 19. So I haven't seen it since, so let's hope it's still good. <laughs> I think it is. Well, we'll find out in a few weeks. Uh, but until then, if you guys are looking to contact this show, of course, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash handlewithscare. You can find all of our content over on YouTube. That is at handlewithscarepod. Uh, I'm, I'm tweeting pretty much on the daily at handle with scare, and you can email the show at handle with scare pod at gmail.com. Uh, so that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight for episode 51 of handle with scare. I've been your host, totally drunk joined as always by my co-host Holly Hooch and John, and we'll see you guys back in a week. Take care. <laughs>